Hi, I'm Jungwon from South Korea, and I'm an avid daydreamer. That's Jungwon, who used to be an M26. This week, we're diving deep in Jung's story on humans of Minerva. Welcome to Humans of Minerva, a podcast which captures the interesting stories of humans at Minerva. I'm your host, Jules, and today I'll be sitting down with John, who used to be an M26, and also has been an editor on the Humans of Minerva podcast team. Hi, John. Hi, Jules. It's such a pleasure to be on this podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. So right now it's summer break. It's beginning of July that we're recording this podcast. So I've been wondering, how's your summer been going so far? Pretty busy. I'm working in a private tutoring academy. Oh, wow. And I'm working as a teaching assistant there. It's a part-time job. I'm working pretty much five days a week. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I'm so happy. I just finished my internship for the summer last week. And now I'm more or less free. But yeah, even if you're like not working like the 60, 70 hours work weeks, working is just, it's definitely a lot. So I get that. So you told us uh, in the intro that you're an avid daydreamer. So I'm kind of wondering, tell me about your latest daydream. What are you daydreaming these days about? So my life is pretty determined for the next two years. I have my military service ready to go in early August. But after that, I have my college, but I do not have specific plan. So I'm currently daydreaming about what to do during the college years and beyond that. Wow, that's actually a beautiful thing in a way. I feel like it's so important to dream these days. I don't know if you feel this as well, but I feel like sometimes I'm just getting so caught up in like my day-to-day life. Especially during the semester, I'm like focusing on the next assignment, on the next deadline, on the next class I have to prepare for. And I totally forget about dreaming about the things that I want to do in the future. So have you always been a daydreamer or like when did you start daydreaming? It started pretty early when I was an elementary schooler. I daydreamed about a whole lot of stuff, invention that I might be able to actualize in the future. Mm. So I used to draw a lot of sketches about the inventions in my imaginations Wow! on a piece of paper. And I think I still got it somewhere in my house lingering around. Wow, you should dig that out again. That sounds so cool. Now you should like look at these sketches and you should really invent those things. Yeah, back in the day, the technology wasn't that great. It was like 10 or 15 years ago. Mm. But now we have all these artificial intelligence technology available. So I might be able to launch some of my projects into real life outcomes. Wow. So you're into AI. Am I right with that? Yeah, I was very impressed with the generative AI in the past couple of months, ChatGPT and other counterparts that are really changing the way that we work, study, or even think. AI is progressing at a rate that is harder for even humans to catch up. Yeah, I think it's both full of potential and at the same time a bit worrying. Because, you know, behind AI, there's like so much that at least I don't understand yet. So yeah, I feel like it's very cool, but also a bit scary. So are you a CS major then? Yeah, so I'm majoring in CS and I'm thinking about double majoring in economics or business. 
Okay. But not at Minerva, but this is something we're going to dive into later. So our listeners have surely noticed that in the intro, I said you used to be an M26, but you're not an M26 anymore. Yeah, right. But let's keep that for later. Right now, it's maybe one few days back. So you started daydreaming 10, 15 years ago. Would you just daydream while sat in the classroom? Because that's how I imagine it. Or would you also just sit at home and draw those inventions? How can we paint as a picture? I mostly daydreamed in home in my free time. So when I was in school, I usually try to do my best to study. Yeah, like pay attention and everything as you should. <laughs> Definitely. So what's something you really enjoy? What was one of your like favorite hobbies back then? I really enjoyed science as a subject, but it was also something that I could comfortably study for myself. And I had a friend who was also super into science. So, so we were like best friends back then. So we constantly set up conversations about what we learned in science. And he was really good at building stuff. And I was really good at daydreaming and imagining something cool. So we were compatible to each other. So it was a great time to be with him. Sounds like a dream team. Did you also build inventions? Yeah, I remember building an invention made out of a series of magnets. So it was kind of like a floating object made with two magnets sitting at the bottom of the floating object and the ground. So I think it demonstrated how we ambitiously took science as a subject, but at the same time as something we can casually enjoy together and build new things that spark imagination. It was like so cool, you know, if you don't only enjoy the subject at school, beyond school and beyond the syllabus, the curriculum, all the things you have to learn, but you're just fascinated by it, you build your own things. So is this how your days looked like? So after school, you would come home with your friend, you would build some crazy cool new invention and like have chats about science. How was your life back then? So my best friend and I built some cool things, but I also tried to study a lot in the elementary school years so that I can get good grades at school. I also enjoyed playing at the playgrounds and soccer field. So those memories are something that I still cherish even after a whole decade or two that I can casually just play around without thinking about my future or other things around. Yeah, there's something so beautiful about our childhood, about those days where we didn't have like all those like big worries for like what to do with our lives and how to advance our careers. So yeah, definitely something worth remembering. So you said you're from South Korea, so you grew up in Seoul. I think Seoul is a big city, isn't it? So did you grow up in the suburbs or like in the downtown? Like so I grew up in a small district where we had a lot of apartment complexes. And I grew up in districts particularly known for its education. But at the same time, my parents weren't that strict about getting all the good grades at school. They were more interested about whatever I love to do for myself. So whether it is a research or whether it is reading a book or whether it is computer science stuff, my parents have always accepted those and have always tried to encourage myself to do what I truly love. This is so cool. So do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an older brother who is also studying in the US. Oh, cool. This is so cool. So is this kind of like how you decided to go and study abroad then? You saw your older brother go to the US and you were like, okay, that's the thing I want to do too. Yeah, so growing up with my older brother, I've had my brother as my role model. So I love to try things that he did earlier and studying abroad was one of them. Besides studying abroad, what is something you admire about your brother? 
So I think my brother is really charismatic and has this leadership that really binds people. And I think that's a really essential skill that one could really cherish. For several times, he was a class president. In college, he was a president in the Korean International Students Association. Those charismatic skills, I could really learn from him and try to adapt those charismatic skills into my own personality. This is really cool. Actually, I have a younger sister, so I'm the older sibling. So I can't quite feel your situation because I've always been in the situation of the older sibling. But yeah, you probably saw your brother going away to college at quite a young age still, right? How old were you then when your brother left home? About 11 years old when he left home to study abroad. He began in an American middle school. Wow, okay, this is really early. Did you also go to high school and middle school in the U.S.? I actually began with an international school on Jeju Island. Oh, on Jeju Island? Yeah, for those of you who don't know about Jeju Island, it's like Hawaii of South Korea. It's really beautiful. We have four international schools on Jeju Island. I went to one of the schools and I really enjoyed my time there, but partly because it was very different from my Korean general middle school and high school. American curriculum was really liberating myself into taking classes that I wanted and doing extracurricular things that I really loved to do. So I really thought that the curriculum was really liberating and innovative and at the same time really creative about personalizing every student's learning need and wants. Was the school on Jeju Island a boarding school? Yeah, it was a boarding school that I lived in the dorm since middle school. So it was really a bonding experience that allowed me to have a home away from home with my roommate. So I feel like living in the dormitory since the very early age of middle school really helped me to be more independent and really closer to a self-starter type of thing. I gotta say, I'm a boarding school kid too. I went to boarding school for high school. So I really feel what you're saying when you say you had a home away from home. I personally really, really enjoyed the boarding school experience. You know, living with your friends is such a dream. I don't know how strict your boarding school was. Like, ours wasn't too strict, so we did a lot of stupid things. Did you also do a lot of stupid things in your boarding school? Or was it rather like a bit of a strict environment in a way? So my school was really strict in the middle school. Mm -hmm. So they confiscated all of our electronics oh, wow. in the night. So we couldn't use any of our phones, laptop or tablets during the quiet hours. But my roommate actually bought another smartphone and used it in the quiet hours. So did he get caught when he sneaked in the phone or did he get away with it? Uh, he kind of got away with it because he hit it really well. And he tried to take the phone to the school so that our doorsteps could not find it. Oh, that's smart. That's pretty clever yeah. for a middle school kid. Yeah, it's true. I gotta say, these days, I wish someone would take my smartphone and <laughs> before I go to bed and just like lock it away and so that all I can do is sleep. That's the thing, right? You get caught up in your messages or like on Instagram and then you end up not going to bed for a few, sometimes minutes, hours. Yeah, that's how it is. Okay, so can we say you really enjoyed your boarding school time? Yeah, so I got to be involved in a lot of the extracurricular programs like golf and rock climbing and stuff. Oh, you're playing golf and you're doing rock climbing. This is such an interesting combination. Yeah, so I played golf for a couple of years. By now, I started golf in the 10th grade and I played until my senior year. I never played in the actual physical field. Instead, I mostly played in the virtual golf. 
Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Sounds really cool. And then at the end of boarding school, you decided, okay, now is the time to go to the U.S. Yeah. For my college applications, I only applied to the U.S. because the study in the U.S. was like a dream to me. One of your daydreams. <laughs> I love to imagine myself studying in a remote location in the U.S., attending college and doing some extracurriculars and stuff. Mm. So going to an American university has always been my dream. So I mostly prepared myself to apply to the U.S. Just like for me and also for our listeners to have the time schedules, what year did you graduate from high school? May of 2022, that was last year. So that's last year. So you applied to U.S. colleges and you probably did your applications in fall of 2021. So which U.S. colleges did you apply to? Well, I mostly applied to state universities and some private universities. At the same time, I also applied to Minerva because I thought that Minerva's overall curricula and the rotational city experience are really unique to Minerva. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed the application process at Minerva, solving puzzles and, and devising some creative solutions for a problem, which really aligns with my daydreaming tendency. So you applied to Minerva, you really enjoyed the application process. How did you find out about Minerva? Like, how did you know about it? A few years ago, my brother heard about Minerva from someone else, and he said he wanted to apply to a peculiar school called Minerva, and I was really intrigued by it. I was a 10th grade by then, and I actually researched a little about Minerva, and I really thought that Minerva could be a perfect school for me because all of the classes are online, and Minerva has rotational cities that students can live and enjoy the local cultures mm -hmm. by interacting with locals. So when I became a senior, I really wanted to take on to Minerva's application process, which I did and found it really impressive. Yeah. Did you also get in any other schools that you applied to? I got into Boston College, mm -hmm. which is the school that I'm attending as of now. But that was an early decision. So I had to cancel all other applications because I was bound into attending Boston College. So you were bound to attending Boston College. But whilst attending Boston College, you were also attending Minerva classes during your first semester. How did that work out and how did that turn out for you? Initially, I presumed it would be super manageable because I take Minerva classes in the evening through the midnight and Boston College classes in the morning or afternoon. So that was my hope in the beginning. But as the semester progressed, I started to find the workload probably overwhelming for me. So I really had to devise a much more viable time management skill in order to handle properly. Yeah. So I feel like going through one semester of attending two schools at the same time, I really developed a professional time management skill. At the same time, I made a lot of memories studying with Minerva students remotely, studying at two different schools with very different curricula also helped me to absorb more knowledge and essential skills that I could carry on and probably use in the future. Yeah, you're basically doing two curricula at once, which is super impressive. This is really, really impressive. So you're now only studying at Boston College. So when did you realize that Minerva was just not for you? I actually developed that solid in going through the first semester because while all of the 50 level classes taught me important skills and knowledge, I really thought that the online curricula are in some part stressful. 
So my schedule at Minerva was basically 7.30 in the evening up until 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. So excluding the 30-minute break in between two classes, I had to stare at the monitor for at least three hours straight. So the online classes were giving pain in my eyes. It might give negative impacts as we move on to more years at Minerva. And I felt like the one-minute iris break wasn't enough. Plus, since I attended another four-year college in the U.S., I started to feel like I belong to a more traditional institution mm -hmm. as opposed to Minerva. Those two institutions are really different in various aspects. For example, we have about 164 students in M26. And I think that magnitude of class is probably too small for a university. So in Boston College, we have more than 2,000 students in each grade level. That middle size of 2,000 students in a single grade level, I think that was more fitting for me. And in the first semester, I took a class which involved a lab session in which we use a certain circuit board with another partner to create computer programs and test it. So that experience of having a physical lab and equipment to conduct an experiment or a simple lab session. So I think that is another advantage that traditional universities have over Minerva. So Minerva has adopted the online curricula since its inception. I think it has pros and cons. It might be more convenient in terms of being able to take classes in your dorm room or anywhere else in the world. But that convenience comes with the physical limitation of each class as to what students could actually do in each of the classes. This is very true. Of course, physical labs and so on, that's not something we have in each rotation study. There's limits to the online classes on forum. And I think you're highlighting something I also found out for myself during the first year. What you're highlighting here is that Minerva has pros and cons, and it's a lot of trade-offs, a lot of trade-offs. Yeah, we get to travel around the world, but at the same time, there's also things we don't get to do. And I believe it's super important to talk about those as well. So yeah, thank you for just, you know, showing your reasoning uh, of why you think that Boston College in the end was a better choice for you. You were like living in Boston College. I like to believe that you got very attached to the people there as well. That's probably also something that just pulled you closer to Boston College than to Minerva. I think it was like a good experience probably for you to have to go to traditional school and Minerva at the same time. Sounds like a cool thing. So back to maybe our discernible conversations. You decided to drop out of Minerva for all those reasons, you know, like no lab spaces, online classes, they can be exhausting, it's very true. Yeah, when did you end up dropping out of Minerva? Did you do the full first semester at two colleges at the same time? For the first fall semester of 2022, I actually did both Boston College and Minerva classes. And when I entered the second semester, I thought that if I concluded that Minerva wasn't the best choice for me, then it might be better to drop out as soon as possible as opposed to later. Mm -hmm. So I filled the dropout form in January of this year, mm -hmm. right after taking the first classes of the second semester. Mm -hmm. So in the end, you dropped out beginning of the semester. And then is it right that you just like continued at Boston College and finished your second semester off over there? I chose to stay in South Korea to prepare for my military service. Oh, okay. But I didn't want to waste this gap year before starting to serve in the military. Mm -hmm. So I have been involved in several volunteer organizations. 
one of which is a team of college students that plan out and operate a small booth in the local festival to allow more teenagers to experience some career-related stuff and showcase some of the artworks that our students produced. Wow, this is cool. This is so cool. What is like another organization you're working with? Because I said there were a few. So the other one is a small center for teenagers and they host a party once every month and I get to take pictures during the party. Oh, so you're also into photography? Yeah, photography is my hobby. Wow, wow, I didn't know. This is so cool. So you came back, so you went home during winter break, I presumed, and then decided to stay at home? Yeah, I stayed at home, but at the same time, I decided to do a lot of the volunteering activities and I worked for several part-time jobs in hopes of not wasting time. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're wasting time at all. It sounds like you're super, super busy. Okay, so you also said you're now preparing for your military service. So is there like mandatory military service in South Korea? And how does it look like? Is it like a year, like half a year, two years? So the mandatory military service ranges from 18 months to 21 months, depending on which military division the soldier joined. So in the army, we get to serve for 18 months, but in the Navy, we get to serve for 20 months. And in the Air Force, we get to serve for 21 months. Oh, okay. And are you becoming a part of the army, the Navy or the Air Force? I'm joining the army, so it'll be 18 months from this upcoming August. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel about that? I feel pretty confident about it because I feel like I could do a lot of things in my free time during the military service that yeah. I might not have had enough time to do in my regular college years. So for example, I will read a lot of research papers to get a sense of the latest trends in the research field. Plus, I will practice my programming skills and probably learn new technologies like artificial intelligence during the military service. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like you're not going to waste time in the military as well. Wow, so you're going to be there for like one and a half years, approximately. So probably until like beginning of 2025, actually, right? Yeah. And then what's your plan? Is it plan just to go back to like Boston College? Yeah. So the military service ends at roughly February of 2025. So I plan to resume my college years on the August or September of 2025. Wow. As you said in the beginning, actually, yeah, your life sounds pretty much planned out for the next two years or like at least the next five years, probably. So you've got a proper five-year plan here for your life, which is like crazy. Yeah, this is super, super cool. What is something you really look forward to maybe doing over the next few weeks until your military service starts? I'm mostly available on weekends, so I plan to meet as many friends as possible before I join the military. Yeah, this sounds very good. Maybe also like going back to your childhood, because I really like this question. What advice would you give to your five-year-old self right now? I'll advise my five-year-old self to be even more proactive about everything he does so that he can be more involved in studying, playing, and doing extracurricular stuff. I feel like I missed out on some of those points. So if I could go back in time and relive those moments, I definitely would have pushed myself more to be even more hardworking and more proactive about myself. Wow. Yeah, I have the feeling that you're just a really ambitious guy, which is pretty cool. Okay, last question, very quick. Do you have a dream career, like a dream job? 
That's actually a good question. So I'm not entirely sure about it, but my rough plan is that I want to become a university professor in the future. I feel like being a university professor is twofold. Being a researcher, I can contribute more to the field of science and technology with my research skills. And at the same time, I could teach a lot of university students to maybe enlighten them and make them more successful in their upcoming years. So I think being a university professor is really a worthwhile job. I will most likely work hard to become one after my college graduation. Well, again, sounds really ambitious. I think also it's kind of time to move over to our fast fire round of questions. Gonna ask you five quick questions and you only get a few words to answer them. So what is one of your like favorite songs or artists? Real Slow featuring Sarah Turner by Miami Horror. You should definitely listen to it. <laughs> Phone calls or texting? Texting. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. While walking, you listen to music or podcast? I mostly listen to music, but I sometimes listen to Humans of Minerva episode. As usual, as everyone should add that last one, what is your word of the day? Daydream. Oh, wow. This is just so beautiful on so many levels. You know, daydream, I think it's just a beautiful word, but then also like, you know, tying it back to the beginning. Dong, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Let's wrap this episode. What's the best way for our audience to reach you if they want to connect or have follow-up questions? I'm available on Telegram. My handle is Sierra Mist. You can also reach me on LinkedIn and Instagram, in which I also use the same handle as my Telegram. Nice. Thank you, John. Thank you so much again for being on the show, for telling us so openly about your journey with them without Minerva. And I wish you all the best for your future, for your military service and also for your future plans in Boston College. Maybe I'll see you around in Seoul when we'll be there coming semester. Let's meet. Yeah, thank you so much, Jules. And I would like to thank every Minerva who has made my Minerva journey so delightful. I hope M26s have the most memorable time in Seoul. In case I don't see ya, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and automatically get notified about new episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at humansofminerva.podcast for all the latest updates and announcements. And finally, special thanks to our editor, Jong Wan Kim, for working his magic on this episode. Thanks for listening to Humans of Minerva.